Good evening. Welcome to the Dissect Podcast. I'm here with Mark Twight. I'm Michael Blevins. Today we're going to talk about um, kind of an esoteric term, but we'll get there. It's a generalized. So the, the topic for tonight is metrics, and we'll kind of explain how that came up. Which is not the metric system. <laughs> yeah, we're not just you know going to bitch about the standard U.S. measurement system. Metrics <laughs> as in measurements, um, and measurements that are generally fucking useless like I, I think and uh we are going to encapsulate two ideas that are fairly relevant and that that's kind of the idea behind this podcast so we can talk about ideas that are the narrative going on in social circles of fitness or social circles of psychology this one happens to be in the new york times um so the but are we going to start off like so we'll, we'll set up the two different um pieces that kind of set us off and <laughs> took up half our day <laughs> right yeah <laughs> right, so, so so the first one was um what sent to me no less by like 12 people now um because one of the things that we teach up front and foremost is counting calories and how that's a useful skill to have or you know something that every person should develop so they understand their food better so this new york times article is entitled, The Key to Weight Loss is Diet Quality, Not Quantity, A New Study Finds. Well, if I didn't know any better, holy shit, uh, they just found the secret. It's the New York Times, so that that's not fake news. So I, <laughs> I obviously got to go down this thing. And then to uh, position that to another thing that uh, we're talking about, um, there's been a little bit of banter on the old Instagram. Uh, and this is... This won't be read by as many people, but I saw as much, uh, just as much um, disdain and uh, outrage thrown at somebody called Ben Bergeron, who is a CrossFit coach. Uh, he coaches some good athletes. He's fairly well known. Um, he's written a book, which is why people are probably freaking out. So he had a post uh, about nutrition, how it's the foundation of sport. And I'll just quote what people are trying to get mad about. And then we can kind of talk about why both of these positions are absolutely fucking wrong. Nothing <laughs> I would like better. <laughs> so he starts, uh, if you're trying to be a competitive at the highest levels of the sport, you have to be lean enough. Think about it this way. If you're carrying around five, 10 or 15 extra pounds, you are for all intents and purposes, working out with a weight vest. You are just not going to be as competitive. Now that on the surface, 100% true. If you're a male competing in the open division, ages 18 to 34, you need to be around 11% body fat or lower. Females should be around 16% or lower. If you're not, the goal with your nutrition should not be to fuel your workouts. You got to lose body fat. Dial in a whole food diet, then focus on optimizing quantity with the goal of getting yourself to a competitive body composition. <laughs> Forgive the uh, optimizing because he doesn't know our rules yet about uh, not using the that is on the band list of the, words to <laughs> use. Yeah. Okay. You're free, you get a pass on that one. So here we have um, two totally different expressions now um they're both using the whole food premise but one is optimizing quantity the other is optimizing quality one is at the pinnacle of sport the other is at the pinnacle of obesity 
um, or we should say deranged, <laughs> deranged eating behavior. Yeah, yeah I, I was just gonna say, I don't think that there can be like a actual pinnacle of obesity. It's sort of a, a broad <laughs> dome-shaped sort of summit as opposed to a sharp craggy right. feature sticking into the sky. It can't be also a pinnacle, I, I suppose, if it never goes down. It's an increasing <laughs> slope. <laughs> The first on the on the Bergeron thing, I'll mm. just toss in aside. I, I in um, my Instagram feed, you know, I don't follow a ton of fitness people because I don't really <laughs> care. But um, there's an there's someone that I follow, and she's she's kind of into fitness or whatever, and she totally teed off on that thing about oh, here's someone telling me that I'm too fat to do what I want or whatever, and I'm just like. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, easy there, Thunder. You know, that's not exactly what was being said. I mean, mm -hmm. I definitely have to say that, you know, he's got the cart before the horse because I think the 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 leanness or the body fat percentage of the top competitors in the CrossFit games uh, is a consequence of the work that they do. Not um not like, oh, I got to 11% body fat, therefore I will be competitive. Mm. It's just like I did the work. And in order to achieve or participate in an objective or the sport that I really want to participate in, and you know, lo and behold, I <clears throat> I just couldn't keep the weight on. So, and that's my biggest problem. So he identified a metric that is correlated with high performances. So he's essentially looking at his athletes and saying, like, "Fuck, there isn't a guy on that I train that has made it to the highest level without being um, eleven under eleven percent body fat, and um, in the same." aspect for females under 16% body fat. So the, so the, so his point, or as far as like I could discern what his thesis is, mm -hmm. is what he's saying there is aimed at sort of second tier competitors mm -hmm. who are wondering why they're not competing at the highest level. I mean, and looking for any little sort of explanation, he goes, well, look, your power to weight ratio is not what it needs to be to do this. It, that's where I'll stop you because he would have been one. I would have agreed 100% with him if he would have just said power to weight ratio. And, oh. you, and the reason you can't is because he can't identify. Oh, wasn't that obvious <laughs> just from reading his post? What? No. Oh, wait, people are stupid. <laughs> well, yes. Sorry, I take that back. In which case, the uh, to, to identify a body fat percentage and say that that gives you performance meant that if somebody is at 11% body fat and doesn't train this way, then they would be just as prepared for performance, which is 100% false. Like that, that correlation doesn't follow through even the slow, like he could say the same thing to, to show how, what like a, an obvious uh, fallacy of an argument this is. He could say that in order to be a top ranking athlete, you have to wear Reebok Nanos. Because all games athletes wear Reebok Nanos, which is true. They sponsor the CrossFit Games. So you have to wear Nanos in order to be in the games. Therefore, if I have Nanos. fucking laugh out loud right now. It's like, oh, and my magic jockstrap? Yeah. So, so to say that you need Nanos to be a CrossFit game athlete is true, but it is not indicative of high performance. It's just a consequence of a sponsor and low body fat percentage is a consequence of developing, um, the, the, all of the characteristics that allow you to compete at the highest right. level. It's just that it, it's, it's an outcome, but like me thinks he has something to sell. Um, he has a book. <laughs> is it about <laughs> nutrition and uh, leaning, perhaps? I, I haven't read it, so I can't say, but okay. I mean, it's called Chasing Excellence. So I believe that it 
it, it looks like a a take on semi-motivational bullshit. And and how he's quoted, he, he I think he well we we talked about this in Gurus. He's definitely trying to capture an audience and attention. Sure. Uh, I think the mistake he made, and this is where I'll come to his defense. People came in with outrage, like. Oh my God, how could you yeah. say you're giving people eating disorders and yada, yada, yada. And before I was like, man, what an idiot. Why would he post that? Just because it's simply wrong. He could have easily come up and I'll, I'll fix this for him. If he happened, like all you would have to do is come up with a body weight in proportion to the ability to move weight or reps. And then you would be 100% correct. Cause that's power to weight. Would th- that would be skewed. However, to limb length a little bit, would it not? Uh, well, the, just so the it. rate would just increase. So, and then, and then, so body weight would correlate, obviously long limbs couldn't move it as fast. Therefore, well, long limbs way heavier. So I think it would be self-correcting. I think. Okay. For the most part. Uh, and, and that's part of the sport It's like, I think he would have been better identifying, uh, ape index than he would body fat percentage. Yeah. If you're plus seven, <laughs> you're, uh, not competing. No, or, or, you know, there's some freaks. There's a, or, a Asia Barto, a couple, and this is a couple years ago, so it's not relevant now. And obviously like the, the big joke is, um, I, I think it was, uh, the overheard press posted a thing that man, man, um, invents time machine and goes back to 2010 to win the CrossFit games because he's just a normal guy because it has come a long ways in the past eight years. Um, but a couple of years ago, Asia Barto, who I believe is over six, three, even six, five, even, and it looks to be a, a plus six ape index. He could at least compete. There's no fucking way okay. he's winning, but he can at least compete. Um, now my guess is if you have more than a plus five, you won't make it past a certain level, or at least if you do, you're the freak of all freaks. There's always exceptions to this stuff. Yeah. And, and, and the, and they not to be pointed out as, you know, the, the sort of reference, but it's interesting that, that, um, well, how the, the, the exercises and the combination of exercises have evolved to sort of favor certain <sighs> somatotypes as mm-hmm. as with all sports you know and it can be position specific in a team sport mm-hmm. or it can just be you know a straight up okay if you want to do this you you need to be in these sort of physical parameters mm-hmm. um and and that would be potentially a, just a genetic gift if, if you will but with the, the, um, the, the to me the way that it seems that the games have involved it was um, and and I would it, is it, it that that pretty soon you're going to have sort of a normalized if if it goes in the way that it appears to be going and and things are standardizing around certain types of activities mm. because there are only so many um, then the somatotype that can compete at the highest level is going to is going to normalize around those activities. And then the only way to, you know, make it, take it back to the train for the unknown and unknowable (laughs) is to throw some genuinely unknowable shit in there that specifically favors someone with a plus seven ape index Mm -hmm. and is six feet five and weighs 120 pounds or some bullshit, you know, but right. And if, if you uh, don't like, if you watch the games, um, you probably don't, but (laughs) Hey man, I attended Southeast regionals in 2015. (laughs) So, and and this is how it goes. Like the open pre-selects for very short limbs. When you enforce a squat as opposed to a power variation, you enforce that the person with short femurs can move the barbell faster and more efficiently. When you enforce, um, so a, a wall ball, 
balances the two because a taller athlete will be able to, you know, it yeah, doesn't have to have be to. so explosive. Exactly. Or a rope climb, which you can't have in the open or, or, or something with that thing. Uh, if you mitigated the difference by saying, you know, the pull-up bar is X amount of height, then no matter what your height is, you have to get there, you would somewhat neutralize the pull-up. But you can't do that. They do it a regional, so you kind of neutralize it there. Um, there are some things where you can switch it, but in the games, you'll see it's completely neutralized when the big boys come out to play on any of the field events, like sled pushing, moving big, like carrying things, yokes, stuff like that. Or you see... You know, the endurance athlete tends to have longer femurs, something like that. Right. Um, identifying those is really interesting to a point. And I think that's what Ben tried to do. And where he went wrong was he just identified a completely innocuous thing. And like then, the wrong metric for right. sort of uh, shining a light on performance. Right. And to, and to show how fucking stupid people are, they freak out about this and take it personally. Like, his association with lean athletes somehow affects you as a person who isn't that lean. So um, I could say the same thing, just be like, hey, if you want to play in, in the NBA, you should be at least six foot five. And then you're like, fuck you. I'm only six foot two. You're telling me I'm not an athlete. No, I'm just identifying a good average for the NBA, which is probably like seven foot three. I don't know. Cause I don't look at basketball, but I'm no, what I'm telling, I'm just saving you time <laughs> exactly. and frustration because no matter how much you love it, that love is not enough to overcome three inches. Right. In this case, this would drive people crazy. BMI would probably be a more accurate measurement and i would hate to say that but it takes into account muscle mass and body fat okay uh, and height and weight and all that thing so you'll see i think the last study i saw and it said that crossfit athletes all average 25.6 which is actually seems pretty high but it has to do with uh, the average height being 59 the average body weight being between uh, i think 185 and 195 so and that equals out to about a 25 that's a lot of muscle mass therefore that's a fairly lean individual if you're uh, efficient. Um, therefore, should you aim for a 25.6? No, because you can get that way fat too. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, and, and you can you can reach easily reach 11% body fat as a male mm. without um, changing your physical performance <laughs> and within the context of this right. sport or in any sport. I mean, I, 11%, you can be a fucking couch um, French fry, I guess. So you'd be, you wouldn't be a whole potato. You'd be kind of a French fry. Um, or you could be a top performer. Right. I mean, there's people who are just naturally 11% body fat. It doesn't make them an elite athlete. Therefore, the correlation is bad. But um, I don't think, I, I, I honestly, I would like to go through all those all the comments on this and all the people who are posting. <laughs> are you just, sure? So, no, 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 no. Um, I would like to have some kind of algorithm do it for me. Okay. Um, because what I'm about to say um, is going to, prove some sort of bias and uh anything anyway i i would like to go see, go through and see who was you know on average more upset by these comments uh, gender specifically because i don't think there's that many i mean okay i'm a guy i live in a fucking bubble i don't look outside that much <laughs> i'm guessing there are more females who are upset by this post than males, um, and that many of those females who are super upset um, are not participating in the sport. Just a speculation. 
Um, probably an astute one. Um, other than the fact that this like outrage builds businesses. So <laughs> if I've got, so a, what you're saying is that many of the people who expressed outrage in the mm-hmm. comments section and got everybody talking about this were actually shills to try and promote mm-hmm. someone else's shit. So, right. Like I'm promoting my shit saying something I'm going to show outrage and post something to show that my thing is better. So a guy that I know fairly well, Jason Phillips is a, nutrition coach he, he he's a fairly smart individual he comes from the bodybuilding world he um i would say <laughs> to say springboard off of this post would be to put it light so <laughs> i i would say he started a fucking campaign um and so like his post in reply to this because he did comment on it, it was like the open is coming your abs don't matter which is true but to say that somebody doesn't have to have an athletic composition in order to compete well is, is false. Like that's also not a high correlation. So some like we have two sides of this shit where people just go off the deep ends, which, which we can move on from from that thing because it's not that important. It just brings an interest to mind that even even what is considered the top coach in that industry of CrossFit. Um, apparently doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, or he just made a small mistake with correlation. Yeah, or just, or as we've been discussing lately, the um, improper use of language. And in which case, it maybe his like, we, I don't know how often he posts, we can probably look, but this is where it gets bad too, when people are like, oh, I need to post something to stay relevant, and they don't think it all the way through. Like, this is, <laughs> this is not hard to figure out like he's not on to any new ground by saying athletes are lean one one two one bc (laughs) breath control (laughs) yeah i just need something to let people know that i'm thinking or that i'm still here and what you showed inevitably is that you're Mm -hmm. not thinking yeah um so that that's one side of it and it is pretty funny to look at all the comments because there's just outrage and outrage and outrage and another another funny person that i always tend to um (laughs) <laughs> see comment on this stuff in the outrage market is a, a girl by the name of Chrissy Mae Cagney, um, who I think is best known for, I, I think, um, publishing a book that was somebody else's and adding swear words. Uh, so now she's a nutrition coach of sorts. Wait, this sounds somewhat familiar. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, did Alan Argonon and... and uh, Aragon. Aragon. Aragon? Aragon? Aragon. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Tomato, tomato kind of deal. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> and Lane Norton are, are fairly well known uh, PhD nutrition scientists. They they do a lot of research in the field. They themselves have you know their own idea of stuff, and it's respectable. I, I tend to always read what they write, although I think it's uninteresting and sometimes unproductive. However, apparently she took something they said and just added swear words, and now that's a book somewhere that people can buy. Um, she she had a lot to say about the offensiveness of this and how many. Um, how many eating disorders it's going to cause in which (laughs) I think what I mentioned is you had a really great line off the top of your head. So like, why does the eating disorder imply eating too little? (laughs) Cause, cause I think the majority, the, the the eating disorder, which affects the the country and the economy and the fucking, you know, society in general is, is not the one where you eat too little. So she owns a company called, uh, donuts and deadlifts in which I would imply, Hey, Oh, how are you not affecting the eating disorder? That's actually ravaging the fucking country. Eat, well, you you balance the donut with the deadlift. You can, <laughs> if you lift four hundred pounds, 
you get to eat four donuts or something. There must be an algorithm that she's operating. <laughs> There's some to optimized algorithm optimized. that somebody is. <laughs> Uh, there's a protocol. There's a donut eating deadlifting <laughs> protocol. Um, so to see the which like, has evolved <laughs> in order to. I'm just reading words off the band list here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all savage. It's, it's just, all vag. It's, it's exactly. <laughs> yeah. the, so I like. I mean, as somebody who tries to put out good information on the internet, it, I don't post that often. I guess I don't have that much information to put out. Um, or it's fucking hard Excuse to put me. out. You're just not relevant. I'm, yeah, I'm you're, just not, you're not striving to no. put shit out in order to maintain or actual, you know, create right. relevancy. So I can, <laughs> I, I can identify the irony in me calling out these people because I happen to know them. Um, but <laughs> to, to call, like, I, I mean, to, to just harp on somebody and not have a fix for this thing or not to have better information really irks me. And nobody put forth like a single thing about, hey, this isn't necessarily um, like a bad thing to, to mask the whole outrage thing. It's just slightly off. And, and the correlation is a illogical fallacy. And that would be it. Like that's all he did. He didn't do anything wrong. He just pointed out mainly that his athletes are lean. Yeah, and mainly the, all the top, not only his, but yeah. you know, all the top competitors in this particular sport. Hey, they're they're lean. That right. and and I agree that the, he didn't um, tie the or the, let's see that he conflated. I think is the right term uh, the cause and the effect. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Missed missed what was bound to performance. Um, and, and I think that's obvious to see. So, which brings us so the the eating disorder thing is funny because I think people say like, "Oh, you're like, but people right before the open shouldn't diet." Like, as in, well, actually, most people probably should diet, <laughs> whether you're going to do the open or not, whether you're going to be a regional athlete or not. You should actually be paying attention to nutrition and how that affects your body composition. Now, that's is ultimate. now wait, wait, is that what you mean when you say diet? Because so when you say diet, mm. to you, it means paying attention to what you put in your mouth, quality and quantity, vis-a-vis um, -vis the outcome that you seek, whether that be exercise, body composition, performance, or something like that. That's what you mean by diet, right? When you say uh, you should diet. Yeah. <laughs> you should pay fucking attention to what goes in your mouth. Right. And then how your body responds to it in order to fuel you know, this physical activity that you're doing. Um, I don't <laughs> believe that other people define diet in that way. Everybody else defines diet as like super restrictive. My psychology is <laughs> going to get all fucked up and then I'm going to crash my metabolism. It's like, well, okay. If you need, if, if, if your relationship to nutrition causes, you know, if you decide, well, wow, I'm, uh, I, I can't diet quote that hard because mm. I'll crash my metabolism. Like, well, obviously you've gotten, yourself to a place where you're considering extreme caloric restriction measures because of the the fact that not all of you is visible in the mirror anymore <laughs> stand back in the room and so yeah you should crash your fucking metabolism <laughs> your your metabolism but, needs some crashing yeah I, but, but anyway so i um as irrelevant as what <laughs> as what i just said is um the the point i think you know when talking about this thing is like okay you say diet i say diet and it's not tomato tomato thing it's i mean you and i agree i mean mm. i'm just like oh diet yeah that's where you pay attention to shit oh, right yeah and then and then just by the act of paying attention it's kind of like quantum relationship with food just by the magic act of paying attention 
some shit starts to happen with body composition and the way you eat, which, even if no one else is fucking looking. Which brings us to the um, the opposite subject that kind of dialed us in and why metrics are fucked up. Um, and this is the New York Times article um, written by uh, Anad O'Connor. Um, and uh, that one was titled, uh, The Key to Weight Loss is Diet Quality, Not Quantity, A New Study Finds. So the first fascinating thing about reading this bullshit is, A, <laughs> I would hate to say this because I'm not a fan of the term, especially because it's probably done more damage than good, but this is fake news. Like <laughs> this, is, this is incorrectly uh transmitted scientific knowledge this is news with an orange comb over <laughs> yeah, yeah this is this is uh, a cheeto-esque color <laughs> of human being um calling this out and that fuck that's what it is it's, <laughs> it's the che- same color as like the tips of my fingers after eating cheetos At, when i think i last ate cheetos maybe fifth grade because oh, they really? came from a machine but sadly i was, ate them like a month ago i had a oh. bag <laughs> oh <laughs> you know i remember because i was fucking paying attention to what i was eating <laughs> um I, I what i'm guessing is that you didn't count um, how many calories you just sort of finished the bag because it was a project <laughs> put it in the recycling after rinsing it because you're cool like that and then uh licked your fingers and they were yellow close <laughs> or <Orange, or, laughs> very yeah. close okay <laughs> so one of the things that we first tell people when you're paying attention is like hey notice the amount so before i get into the article because it's basically saying like they did the study a lot of people lost weight by not necessarily counting calories but by controlling the quality of their food so they had them aim to eat whole foods whole and foods. more vegetables than why did they have to promote a business <laughs> without thinking they were doing so eat at whole foods um <laughs> if you want to be poor so the, we obviously know this is guided towards the upper middle class. Um, yeah, because economic choices are often made ahead of um, health or... Right. S- I, I can't use the term wellness. Health or sort of body <laughs> composition type of... So here's, um, here's my problem is that this study, yeah, of course, people can lose weight without directly counting calories, but they are controlling the amount. Like they're, they're restricting calories in some form of another, whether they know it or not. You could do the same thing by just saying, hey, uh, don't eat foods that start with the letter R. And suddenly what I have to start paying attention, which is the first tenet that we say, and then I arbitrarily have to remove foods that start with the letter R, which means I'm reading the back of labels. It means I'm starting. And so basically you've just summarized the entire article, which like <laughs> I, you know, the, the, the second paragraph um, uh, is citing this study of the, um, that was published Tuesday because mm. he needs to be right on it. Got to, got to react to these fucking studies immediately just in <laughs> case they turn out to be bullshit later. But um uh, it, it, the study found that people who cut back on added sugar, refined grains, and highly processed foods while concentrating on eating plenty of vegetables and whole foods, not, whole, not plenty of vegetables that you buy at Whole Foods, but plenty of vegetables and whole foods, without worrying about counting calories or limiting portion sizes, lost significant amounts of weight over the course of a year. Like, wait. They paid attention. <laughs> For a fucking year. They started noticing... Mm. In a in a uh, consistent and persistent manner, what they were doing, 
Like, no, they weren't counting. They were still paying attention to food quality. So whether you're paying attention to food quantity or food quality, the most important thing here is that people are fucking paying attention. And and all I will say is that you start paying attention, it's going to get you closer to the goal that you have established within the context of that attention. Right. What I think the the troubling thing is most people think like, oh, it's the answer because now science. They put eight million <laughs> <laughs> they put eight million dollars into this thing. But one of the things that comes out of it is that Are you fucking serious? Yeah, eight million dollar study, six hundred participants. And then Okay, well at least N equals not one. Sure, yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of, and so they did a low carb group and a in a low fat group and both were able to lose a lot of weight. Um, but one of the things that they kind of pass over is the fact that they continually meet with nutritionists to discuss behavior. So you have Wait. a group of people that continually be reinforced to change their behavior. And then all you come from this study is that calories don't fucking matter. Wait, so I should go meet with some mental health professionals to discuss nutrition is what you're saying because what we're talking about here is right. behavior modification and you and you take that up with some nutritionists in lab coats who burn shit and measure the ash afterwards or whatever the fuck they're doing um to talk to them about like psychological issues which is what this really amounts to <laughs> well this, i wish that that became a topic especially because the fucking author his background is in psychology oh which so i do a little bit of research on mr o'connor and it turns out he's written a book actually Funny enough, <laughs> this book is called Lose It. And the first tenet of this book is that, well, let me just quote what they say exactly about it. So the authors of the book Lose It are quoted as saying the personalized weight loss revolution. Despise what, or despite what many experts would lead you to believe, weight loss boils down to simple math. Calories in versus calories out. To shed pounds, you have to end each day with a calorie deficit. It sounds easy enough, but studies show that 63% of Americans grossly underestimate their daily calor caloric intake. In fact, the average American consumes a staggering 2,700 calories a day. For many Americans, <gasps> that's enough calories to gain up to 10 pounds every or 8 pounds every month. Here's... so. The author of this fucking ridiculous article now, has the, another book that literally says the exact opposite of what he's proposing. Sure, but he's just setting himself up to write a new book. That's all that is. <laughs> it's just marketing. And and clearly, as this article um, in the New York Times uh, states, mm -hmm. is that that people who like that the the companies that market nutritionally um, transparent, mm. <laughs> fast, or processed foods are far more effective at marketing than uh, so-called health authorities. So <laughs> what I'm thinking is that whoever these health authorities are just need better marketing. They just need to, to, to sell it so hard that drinking a glass of water makes you as satisfied as eating a Big Mac. <laughs> so, uh, first, uh, like you're up against an impossible task uh, because the difference is um, Coca-Cola can make money, water can't, which is weird because I think water is actually more expensive than Coca-Cola these days if you go to buy a bottle of water. But the, I, it, so I think the impossible task is the, the, it, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with. with um, I, I think it's the, the impossible task is getting people to pay attention to what they do mm. and then take responsibility for what they do. Because as we've noticed in some of these comments on the on various social media platforms um, uh, uh, about the other 
um, post we were talking about as, as well as probably this one is that people do one thing and say another completely mm. um, or or say one thing in order to like try and um, establish their outrage in the context of one thing <laughs> while you just go, you know, you backtrack and check their own sort of musings on social media about the similar topic and it's not consistent. Well, it could it, be even hypocritical. I understand, which is, like, which is fine because we're human beings. <laughs> therefore, we are hypocrites. It's kind of redundant. <laughs> right. We, we all are hypocrites at some point. The, the issues that I have with the article is that A, a, a lot of people will read, will read this. Yeah. And it will rewrite because science what they think that they know about diet. I know because, you know, people that we just had into a workshop about nutrition have like sent me this article. What do you think about this? I think a lot of things, but I also think it's, you know, it's not helpful. It's not helpful even in the logical argument sense. They're, the first thing that we generally teach in, in the quality of food is that why are you not eating the highest quality food possible? That's just a fucking given. Like you shouldn't have to teach people that. And that doesn't have to be the highest quality food possible. Given. You know, universally. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the highest quality food possible for you in your set of social and economic circumstances. In any given situation. We're yeah. not saying that like unless it's beef liver and kale or I think endive is now the most nutritionally dense vegetable. If it's not that, then it's not good. We're Fucking Belgians have, <laughs> which I believe is the origin of endive. Endive salad. Yeah, um, have a pretty strong lobbying group apparently. <laughs> yeah, right. kick that marketing in the ass so, so the, the title where i have a problem with this whole thing is the title does not live up to what the study asserts they never actually find that calories are not important they just obfuscate the fact that they are lesser calories than what they're eating and if they can hide that then they can hide like then they're hiding the premise and and then they're going to point people down a road that actually is not true like if if I say, hey, eat whatever foods you want, and in however many, however quality or uh, in quantity you want, but just make sure it's high quality. That's just another arbitrary thing to aim for, and it might work for a while. But what happens with every restrictive diet? Any any time you give somebody borders for anything, is they figure out a way to fuck with it. So the premise for this article is saying that calories don't matter, or ca not counting calories will lead to weight loss. Therefore, does counting calories lead to weight gain? I mean, that should be the opposing thing. Oh, yeah. If one was true, then the other should be demonstrably false. Right. It's, you know, um, what do they call that? Uh, proof by contradiction. So the next thing that I have a problem with is, is in any other given subject, more knowledge is better. So in any position where I have to add or subtract, let's say, I don't know, taking care of your finances. Would it be true that if you didn't count your money and you just arbitrarily bought high quality things that you would have more money? No, that's a fucking ridiculous idea. You have to constantly check what's in your account and what you make and what you can spend. I'd have to say that that's so fucking ridiculous. How did you come up with it? Like, I, wow. <laughs> but that's what I see the premise as. The premise is, is ridiculous. It's So now I'll go on to what, I think that I could agree with them on. And this is that, that counting calories is very hard and counting calories has psychological downsides to it. And I face those 
I, th- I believe you've probably faced them at some point. Counting is neurotic as fuck. If that's what I'm doing throughout my day, I am uh, at dinner trying to socialize and then I'm doing antisocial behavior, which becomes kind of the opposite effect of what you should be doing. Now, what I like now, like in my personal practice, I don't count calories anymore. A, because I fucking don't have to. I counted for, you know, I have four years sure. of day-to-day logs of where I can tell you for four years exactly what calorie total, what macro total, and a pretty close micronutrient total that I was hitting. And timing. So I can tell you whether I was intermittent fasting at the time or whether I was eating multiple meals a day or or what the thing is. And I have, you know, training attached to that. I don't track anything anymore because fuck that. That's annoying to me. Now I can look at a meal and I- because that's what made you neurotic. And now that you're neurotic, you don't need to do it anymore. Yeah, now I can just be neurotic <laughs> without like, the counting. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we do have, forgive the fucking term, a protocol. <laughs> Actually, I'll just call it a routine. For people yeah. that we notice, and this is how it works. So somebody um, that has never tracked before, we give them the task of keeping account. Um, that's fine. So once they are just noticing what they're doing with their nutrition, and this is, this is the first rule is that when people start counting, they change their behavior already because they've decided to make a change. And therefore what they count never turns out to be what they, what got them to the position that they want to change. So the first thing we try to do is figure out to a very close approximation, what behavior got them to the position they're at. That includes counting all the shitty foods that they were eating. Now, what most of the time happens is they start counting and they notice that they had a handful of M&Ms and that if they count that, that's going to be embarrassing. Like this points to, oh. So you either um, conceal (laughs) or you don't eat it in the first place. Or right, you just ignore that. But we try to get people to be honest up front and we try to explain this the best we can. Like, look, there is no food that's going to be embarrassing. We all have hot dogs and whatever the fuck we eat from our toddlers that that's normal behavior to be like oh my kid didn't finish the macaroni and cheese i'm gonna eat that it's okay as long as you like are accountable to it and everybody does this everybody eats shitty food at some point there's no embarrassment there the embarrassment comes from oh man they're gonna be able to identify why i'm fat or why i'm not healthy or why i'm having problems and that becomes the first thing. Now, what we notice is once we get people to be honest, we usually have a calorie amount that we can cut from. So say an individual is 20 pounds overweight and they want to lose this weight and they are honest about their behavior, what got them to where they were. They track for two weeks. We find out we take off 10%. They should lose a fair amount of fat pretty soon. Like Mm -hmm. in the first week, it's not abnormal for us to incorrectly take uh, calories away and they drop five pounds and then we add calories back because that's too fast. And we want to keep this around a one to two pound a week loss. Um, and why one to two pounds a week? Because uh, it's sustainable and unnoticeable. So th- any more than that and you tend to go too fast. Now you can, like there's special circumstances where you can increase this weight loss. But from our experience. So what you're saying is that the longer they participate in this counting and the exercise regime that goes with it and the improved sleep hygiene and that sort of thing, the longer that they do that, the more likely it is that their behavior will be affected. Whereas if they lose the weight too fast, they'll never learn or kind of seal in those new behavioral sorts of things. This might be a shocker, but the longer you pay attention, the better you are at at paying attention and the better the results are. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, so one of the things this article was talking about was, I think it was the, it was the roadmap to reducing obesity. And what I got from the article, it could have been, it could have been a short article, mm. I guess. Um, because I came up with two things. The roadmap to reducing obesity. Don't eat shitty food, i.e. <laughs> poor quality food. Okay. Uh, and B, don't believe people who are obviously lying, i.e. anyone who's trying to sell you something. Ooh. So if they're, um, don't believe them when they tell you how good, healthy, or whatever their product is. That's it. If they're trying to sell you something, mm. it, they're, whatever is coming out of their mouths is suspect. They do not have your best interests at heart. Only you have your best interest, i.e. self-interest. <laughs> so I'll throw, I'll throw another rule on there, All right. which brings us back to probably, uh, admittedly, why this study was so successful, which is the behavior that we see in um, people who are kind of neurotic and they don't like tracking is that uh, daily calories fluctuate wildly. Like at one day, any given day, if I'm busy, I might only eat half of what I'm supposed to. And then as hunger starts to drive up throughout the week, I might triple the amount that I eat the next day. What we're looking for is a trend, not a daily accountability. The problem is, is when we assign a daily calorie load, because this is the time scale in which people control their diet, they try to fill in that diet. And oh, yeah. And if I'm under right. by Friday, I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm and, making up right? for it. And then if I'm over, <laughs> I have a more stress. So if I, yeah. if I, if that red fucking number pops up on my fitness pal or whatever the fuck you're using, that red number indicates bad and you're bad. And then I have more stress because I'm bad. Oh, man. Now we just got to go into the language of sin tied to nutrition and that whole thing. Well, can, we, can we just not have that conversation? So my third point that I put on this <laughs> is that this is just a behavior problem. That nu nutrition is a behavior problem. Excuse me, just in air quotes. Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. is that really <laughs> it? I mean, I think I think you know, counting is actually the simplest, the easiest gateway mm. to paying attention. Yeah, and yeah. that's why it's valuable, and that's why I think this article is is sort of a disservice. Mm. It's just like wow, if you because um, because you know, counting is an actual thing. Like you can find out how many calories in the mm. deal, and this and that, and then you, but quality. Food quality mm. is sort of a nebulous thing and would vary by sort of social, social circumstances, environment, and certainly, and I could say certainly in geographic location within the United States because food quality in the maybe hyper aware um, areas of, I'll just say the Pacific Northwest and maybe Southern California mm -hmm. would have a different definition than food quality in, you know, some of my favorite places to, you know, go and teach people, um, the deep South. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quality. Like food it's is, a different thing. I mean, soul food is quality food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not even, it's not even that it's just, it's, it's, um, well, yeah, maybe it is. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't. I just don't want to put a name on it. But it's just like, okay, dietary behavior in certain parts, mm. certain geographic areas. It's just like, oh, this is normal. This is part of the. It's a. It's a cultural thing, or it's a an established norm over a period of time. And and then, um, you go to the place where sort of whole foods or alfalfas or you mm. know any of those sort of organic food movements are are deeply entrenched. Um, then the, then the notion of food quality is going to be different. Obviously, mm. it will go back to economic circumstances as you. Um, had uh, rightfully pointed out, but uh, all of these, you know, this, this whole idea of, of whether you're noticing um, food quantity or food quality, mm -hmm. it is a behavioral issue. It's behavior that you're trying to change. It's not, 
any, it's not anything fucking else. So, and this is where this becomes interesting because this is supposed to be the guide for everybody. And if you look, they studied obese populations who had quite a bit of weight to lose. So I haven't looked at the numbers to see the exact thing, but they describe them as obese populations, which means if they're going by the graph, their BMI has to be 30 something, 35, right? Okay. So were those people just randomly selected like the TSA does, or (laughs) did they already have it in their head that they were obese and did not any longer want to be obese. Therefore, they signed up for some kind of a study. Right. How did they so the, find these people? So exactly. How did they find them? And, and did those people come in with some kind of intent? The the other question, well, the question that I raise besides the intent one, it, it, their intent is, um, why are we taking advice from people who are making marginal gains but are still unhealthy? Why why are we trying to revolutionize our, our dietary advice based on unhealthy populations? So what you'll know, like, so... Okay, obese people might have more success not counting and arbitrarily constricting their diet somehow just to remove the the neurotic behavior that goes hey, behind it. What got you here won't get you there. Thanks, Seth Godin. Right. Um, and, and because if you keep eating the way that mm-hmm. you were right. to get where you are, you can't change that. You can't, you, you need right. to change what you are eating, <laughs> not only in quantity, but in quality in order to... Uh, go to a different place. So the other lighter place. The other thing that people might take advice from are extremely healthy people mm-hmm. um, that have some kind of genetic predisposition towards leanness. And what you'll find in those spots, they don't have to track because they've never had to track. Right. In which case, we're dealing with two extremes that don't apply to very many people. Now, what you'll see, who I like to take advice from, are people that aren't don't have a genetic predisposition for leanness and are able to maintain an optimal or uh, like the healthiest sort of body fat percentage, not an extreme one because that's absurd, but somebody who sits in and can control their diet. And what y'all notice most of the time is those people have to fucking track in order to manipulate their position. They have to track. They have to know within a pretty small amount. I would include myself into this position. I'm not extremely lean, but I can control and manipulate my body weight to performance or health or whatever recovery. Like when I broke my elbow, I increased nutrient intake so that I would gain a little bit of fat because that helps protect and reinforce the fact that I have enough nutrients on board to recover from an extreme accident. When I needed to lose weight to cycle, I could cut muscle mass and fat down so that I could have the highest power to weight ratio that I possibly could have. I think the highest I saw was 5.2 watts per kilo for the 30 minute test, which is decent for a fucking cat three bullshit cyclist. When I wanted to gain mass, I was able to add calories in a way that gained not just muscle mass, but fat to move weight and became to, in order to, uh, but also to have resources to recover in between sessions. So you could, um, so you could do more. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. if we're, if we're going down this road of, Mm -hmm. of like, who do we listen to? I mean, but nobody asked that question. It's just like, Oh, here's an authoritative voice in an authoritative media outlet. Mm -hmm. And therefore it must be true until two months from now you read something by the same guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously whenever his book was published and I don't know, you could certainly look it up, but whenever his book was published, um, he was saying something different than is said in this article. So this kind of shit changes, um, with some frequency, especially now Mm -hmm. that there is that, that for two, for two things, 
for two reasons. There's, there's certainly a lot of experience, a lot more experience with sort of nu- nutrition and, and, and uh, human behavior. But there's also, I, I think, a lot more money going into this kind of research based on the fact that, you know, at some point here, over 60 percent of the population, or I think it's 66 percent, is going to be either overweight or obese. And so there's there's a lot more sort of focus on this kind of um, behavior. Uh, and so so the the science or the discussion about it is advancing at a fairly rapid rate and you can just fucking hold your breath if you don't know what to do just um, listen to whoever it is this week and then in two months you can listen to whoever it is that week who's got the new thing um, to you know which which could be you know a science expose but it could also be somebody you know who's trying to sell something uh, but just but the, the, the big issue for me is it's like okay however you get there it's this is going to come down to behavior got you where you are so that's the thing you need to modify. And if you use the means, you could use exercise as the means to modify mm-hmm. your behavior. Like, okay, I want to, perf- I'm going to do this thing and I want to try and perform it with my, you know, at, at, to the best of my sort of innate ability. And uh, um, then that might be the thing that takes you on the journey to, you know, sort of body recomposition and, you know, approaching health or performance or whatever the objective is. Um, but you could use it. Okay. Maybe you use diet as the means also. And how, what are you going to do there? Are you going to count? Or are you going to mm. like change food quality? Or are you going to change timing or what are all these things? Well, all of them come down to this behavior modification. And the reason that, and it's discussed in the article and you would, you mentioned it too, is, um, you know, okay, people who lose too fast, uh, t- tend to gain it back because they, yeah, they manipulated the, 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 the calorie and the quality and all the stuff that's coming in and it caused them to shed some weight, but they didn't actually sus- um, sustain that behavior for long enough for the habits to take hold. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I think most of the people will find like, oh, I dieted and then I, get, I you know, I lost it and then I gained it back and I lost it and I gained it back and I, oh, no, that one didn't work for me. And this is all because they don't, it, this is a social issue, and if you don't change your environment or your social circles, and you believe you can do it on your own, mm. it's not going to. The weight's not going to stay off. You will not change because the influences outside of us tend to be more powerful, affect our behavior more, especially if we're slightly insecure, <laughs> than what we have decided on our own. And like to to be the guy, and you mentioned it before, of like engaging in antisocial behavior by counting your calories at dinner or mm-hmm. ordering your salad dressing on the side or not eating any fucking carbs or, um, you know, whatever. You know, that, if you're surrounded by people who are doing the opposite, is really fucking hard to sustain. So is it counting that's wrong or is it the fact that when you're – adding up the calories in your salad in your lunchroom at your office, everybody gives you a fucking hard time because human behavior are crabs in a bucket. Somebody is trying to break away from their circumstances. And most of the time we don't like that, not because we don't want the best for people, but because the reflection on our behavior becomes completely fucking obvious. Like, wait, why is that guy trying to lose weight? You look down and see your fucking belly and you understand that you are not trying to be your best. That person is holding up a mirror to you. Exactly. And a lot of people don't recognize this. And this is one of the reasons why we delay people, um, like right off the bat. Um, And this is one of the reasons, the the behavior problem, is because when people come to us very excited to make changes and they're ready to, you know, go full bore, I want to start training five days a week, I want to start dieting. I want to do everything that I can because I want to be there as soon as I can. The first thing that I do is put them off for two to three weeks. Nice. 
And the reason being is, well, I want to let that fizzle out. I want to let the frustration come in and see if this person was really serious. We do this all the time. And we leave to, if people come to us and they need to make a change quickly and too quickly, you came too late. Because if you need six weeks, you're only going to have three by the time I make you wait to see if you're willing to to make that change, you're going to wait three weeks. So it doesn't matter when you start. So what you're saying is diesel's kind of hard to ignite, but once it gets burning, <laughs> it goes for a really long, a long time. time where the more volatile mixes of like, like, you know, uh, what do you got your octa? You got your 85, you got your 87, you got your 91, you got your enthusiasm. <laughs> Dietary enthusiasm burns hotter than fucking anything. And, Flames out just dies out just oh, as fast. Oh, and in the uh, New Year's resolution is a perfect example of that. People go, okay, January well second after I'm done hanging over, or like done being a hangover, and I, I eat my pizza or whatever the, the fuck. The cold I, pizza that was left from yeah yeah, yeah I gotta eat I, that. I gotta get yeah because don't want that to go to waste. But the motherfucking second I'm on, I'm gonna be all forward. What you find, you got about 14 days. So about 10 days in, people start getting frustrated because they made all these drastic changes. And those changes creep up, and eventually the signal starts for your body to like, hey, motherfucker, hey, eat some food. Whoa, and whoa, whoa. What about salt? <laughs> and then when I eat and one cookie, I eat 20. And so that behavior leads to something else. One, you pointed out something interesting. It made me think, if this study, I would like to see a study done of this nature to see what the spouses or the people close to these people were doing. Oh, yeah. Because if you want to change behavior, I bet if you put them around somebody different, you change their spouse's behavior, you change everything. Yeah. I, what, 100%. <laughs> and what we like, we joke because, you know, every once in a while we'll meet somebody uh, and we'll meet their significant other and we're like, oh, they're a feeder, which yeah. means whenever that person tries to change, suddenly they get an interest in baking. Or suddenly they decided decided to experiment with cheesecake flavors or whatever the th the excuse is because I want to cloud the mirror that you're holding up to me. Yeah, the reflection is oh he doesn't think he's good enough. If he makes this change, he's going to think that I'm not good enough because I'm not making the changes again. It's a crabs in the bucket, and so we we identify relationships as being one of the most harmful things or beneficial things so, depending on your circumstances. Here's the deal. So I'm going to make you so heavy. That no matter how strong you get, you will not be able to climb out of this bucket. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, I, I, I got, you know, something here like this idea that, okay, you can change your behavior by counting. You mm -hmm. can do the same by reading ingredients. Mm -hmm. And you could also do the same by observing what people you wish to emulate in a physical sense have in their shopping cart. <laughs> and, and, and that, you know, just like, okay, well, what's, what's the behavior? I mean, if you want, if you want the fucking hack mm. and you don't want to learn a bunch of shit, just go to the store mm. and go to a, don't maybe go to the Walmart, but <laughs> cause you probably won't find it. You know, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, you, you might not find Jesus Christ there either, but you, nor will you find the person that you want to emulate because just like, you know, there's 103 different types of bread in the store and you know, you'll just, anyway, but this, but you know, go to, go to a, maybe it's the health food store and maybe you can't afford it. I don't know. But you're saying look bread at, is bad? No, I'm saying bread is awesome. It's just that it's really hard to decide which bread to eat 
um, when there are so many choices. You know, I prefer to go to a smaller place and reduce the choices, therefore reduce the decision time. And especially if I'm a reader, mm-hmm. like an accounter. If my job is like, to, if I'm trying to change my dietary behavior and I got to read and I got to count and I've got to decide between 103 different types of bread, man, I'm going to be in there for a while. I mean, like my, might even be like a stage race or like, <laughs> stage reading of some kind. But, but I just think that, that, you know, the, the, the easy hack is, it'll, you know, it's just like, okay, if you listen to some of the other podcasts about, you know, optimizing your evolutionary protocols, savagery <laughs> um, <laughs> stuff. It's just always like, oh, well, I'm going to interview the people who, you know, are doing the thing that you want to do. And therefore you'll know, you know, the best practices. Well, oh yeah. What do pro- they do? There's butter in your coffee. Is that the thing? I, yeah. Or That's oil or whatever. I just, I just, <laughs> I'd say cooking oil in your coffee. <laughs> That's the secret. Totally down yeah. with canola oil <laughs> enemas. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because that way I, I can just drink my coffee normally, but I get the, you know, I get the oil right. from, from the other right. end, right. you know, and also <laughs> it, it, but, but it just, okay. So look at the behavior of the other, like what you, you, you want to emulate the success, successful person, the rich person, the beautiful person, you know, all this bullshit, mm-hmm. go to the fucking store and look at what these other, what the people that you want to look like in terms of body composition are buying mm-hmm. and then disregard their you know, a few things, like you said, every now and then you eat too many calories or whatever. So if somebody's going to buy a chocolate bar, yeah, well, you don't get that. Maybe that person earned the, you know, the caloric deficit right to have that chocolate, right. or maybe they're going to work it off or they already worked it off, you know, whatever. But, um, and I, and I think the big, another big piece of this is to manipulate your response to food, mm. which first you got to notice what food does. Yeah. In a sense, like, oh, wow, eat that. I kind of feel shitty. Or, oh, wait, I eat that. And this goes down to this whole food argument that mm-hmm. was being made in the New York Times article. Is that, wow, I eat that. I'm hungry nearly fucking immediately <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> wow, don't eat that then. If you eat. So the point of eating, as far as I could tell, was to satiate hunger mm. in general terms. Yeah, there's, you know, you, you need to fuel certain physical functions and you know that kind of thing but just just standardly you know like breathing and heart beating and fucking being alive but um but if you eat something and you're almost immediately hungry afterwards i'll I'll say within 30 minutes to two hours you eat this meal and within some time like 30 minutes to two hours later you're hungry you shouldn't eat that anymore you're doing it wrong (laughs) then you're doing it wrong and so when they're talking about whole foods they're talking about oh this takes you know it's nutrient dense so it triggers the satiety enzymes or it takes a long time to sort of break down so it doesn't trigger an insulin response to that ultimately depresses blood sugar and makes you think you need to eat more wait a second i thought the whole foods diet was that it works because you can't possibly afford to eat there that frequently. Well, so yeah, so, you lose weight. yeah, and that's what I was actually, that was the next thing. It's just like, it's two weeks on, two weeks off eating protocol, depending on when your paycheck comes. It could two, be one week on, one week off. A two week but, fast. <laughs> but that's really, you go there and you buy. I'm, I, I'm, shit. So now they're confounding like actual terminology with a brand, but, or I, I was, I'm sorry. So you're eating these more complex foods, more nutrient dense foods, and suddenly you're not getting hungry. And, you know, mm. in an hour after eating it, it takes like three or four hours to get hungry. And so that's what I'm talking about when I say manipulate response to food is if, mm. if you get hungry right away, um, afterwards, then maybe there's too much carbohydrate, maybe there's too little fiber, you know, those kinds of things. So, um, maybe you should teach yourself to eat foods that cause you to 
um, be able to concentrate on other things you know, so for the next four hours instead of being hungry. You just hit on a topic that um, I wrote a little piece about it, but it, it was very hard to describe because what I noticed from, you know, being in, I, I've been kind of obsessive with nutrition, not being an <laughs> asshole about it, but just how it works because I think it's fascinating to me. Um, but A, the culture that goes into nutrition, like dieting and fad diets and how everything, it, it, it shapes our culture. Like it, it did. If you don't believe me, just look at the fucking old Testament. Like those are dietary rules that were written you know, 5,000 years ago that are still fucking held for no reason that, other than that got us ACMAC crackers. And therefore I cannot <laughs> condemn it. Unleavened bread. <laughs> exactly. Is that, like, yeah, this, these rules, these totally arbitrary rules, like you can eat from the sea, but only if it has scales, what the fuck? Like <laughs> no shellfish, no shellfish. Well, that's because motherfuckers were allergic. No eel either. What? Um, oh, because that's no like scales. the snake. Yeah, but they didn't ex like they didn't have eel then. But now the rule applies. So people have these arbitrary rules that they wait. What do you mean they didn't have eel then? Well, they in 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 the Red Sea or wherever the fuck these rules were made okay. by. There, there yeah, was whatever no whatever, the, whatever there. body of water they were sitting right. around. There was not that. There was no eel, okay. so they they couldn't make a distinction. Therefore, the rule came as part of a you know shellfish and red tide and how fucking poisonous shellfish can be. They didn't understand bacteria. They didn't understand germ theory. Therefore, they made a basic rule that made them healthier. They just said that it was from above, and now <laughs> people still follow those rules. Some offense to people that follow those rules. I'm sorry, you're a fucking sucker, but those rules do not mean anything unless you believe in divine power. So what what I think is really interesting about how it's shaped our culture is that the best at nutrition, like the people that know the most, that I, absolutely- I, I just got to stop you sure, for a yeah. second here. Um, try and hold the thought. Okay. Uh, if So there was a whole thing about turning water into wine? <laughs> no, that happened. That was real. Okay. Well, so <laughs> what I, I realized- from a lot of experimentation is that if you drink enough wine, you can walk on water. <laughs> okay. Back to like the serious yeah, like, shit you were talking well, about. Well, here's the other, I mean, you kind of have Beers. to be, um, I believe in apostate to say that paleo diet is, is a good healthy thing. Oh goodness. Because have, you get rid of bread, which God gave us. Um, I have tried to teach. Man, that's kind the, of a fuck you. The, um, <laughs> Oh, evolutionary goodness. eating yeah. sort of block of training mm -hmm. uh, to a, a particular military organization with a couple of creationists <laughs> in the room. And I was, I was, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, I, apparently. Yeah. I, I, and, and, and I'm not saying that I was, or that there was a wrong, you know, a right or a wrong there, but it was just funny to look into my actually a good friend, um, my, my friend critical bill uh i was actually looking at him when i started to you know talk about evolutionary and i was like oh man yeah this <laughs> uh, we need to change the language on this one just so that <laughs> adaptation we, we, adap just so we don't exclude um people from receiving what could ultimately be helpful knowledge if they're worth it okay <laughs> There's some people that are worth changing no, yeah, the language. They're so doing a, yeah, a yeah. job. And, and I, I would say in that particular context, yeah, absolutely worth it. And most know. of the time, change your behavior. Yeah. <laughs> so you change behavior your behavior and maybe I'll change my language. <laughs> so what I noticed with the with the frequency that I I don't know, interact with nutritional scientists or whatever you want to call it, uh, diet experts, um, most of the good ones 
uh, have left the idea that there was a, a perfect diet, that there's this way that we should all eat, the human diet, the thing yeah. diet. So the single biggest fallacy about this article is that they're trying to determine a rule that works for everybody. And, and when, you, when you really understand nutrition at a very high level, what I think you'll notice is that we are not looking to eat foods that make us away. We're looking to eat foods that we respond well to. And that is different for everybody. Like the idea yes. of nutrition is to find foods that you respond well to. Um, respond well to regardless of your blood type. You're, I mean, you're not telling me to eat for my blood type or my Ayurvedic temperature or no. whatever. How about, you, you know, the, you can the, test this because this is my a fairly... favorite color is <laughs> purple. <laughs> So I just love Prince. Yeah. Or sorry, the artist yeah. formerly known There's as Prince. Prince. Yes, the artist, <laughs> the artist formerly alive. As, anyway. <laughs> Purple Rain. Yeah. It's my favorite. The The idea, and I, I would uh, probably credit this to Dr. Peter Tia, who you know for a long time was a kick on the ketogenic thing, finally stopped because he started measuring metrics that actually matter to nutrition, which is how your blood responds to certain uh, foods. And that... There is a high correlation to that the lower the insulin response, the better. So this isn't saying that low carb is bad because everybody has a different insulin response. Insulin to response to carb, yeah. Right. So he basically put in a uh, blood, uh, <laughs> a real-time blood glucose monitor, and he just started eating foods and seeing what happened. And what he tried to do is minimize the spikes that were going on between fasted blood glucose and his meal frequency. And the less often he saw that, the better his blood work became, as in hormonally uh, adaptations to vitamin mineral content or sorry, absorption rates for vitamin mineral content. Your body is able to do more when it isn't in, in this peaked state with insulin. Now, I am not a fan of saying everybody should go low carb. Most people probably are in a position that they should experiment with it at least or find out what their blood glucose response is to food. Or try a whole bunch of different shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, change the wait, habit, you pay, know, and, and that doesn't, wait, oh, dang it. We got to go back to that. Pay attention, be observant. And and when I say, you know, make those changes, that's not like, uh, yeah, I tried Wendy's one week and Carl's Jr. the next and I didn't feel a fucking difference. It's no, it's not, like I tried CrossFit one week and then I did P90X the next week and apparently I didn't, I got injured still. And, and God damn it. <clears throat> What I really realized was I need to change the wood paneling in my basement. <laughs> For those of you familiar with P90X <laughs> client videos submitted to the website. Shag a, carpet, fucking bad. That was obscure panel. as fuck. But yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but some It's kind of like going know. back in a time machine also because I don't even know if that stuff happens anymore. Those but. of us who have argued with Tim Horton, was it with Tim? What's his name? Tony. Tony Horton. Yeah, yeah. got to keep Timmy Horton. It's a delicious yeah, place yeah, in no, Canada. I, I was just going to say, there's no argument there. <laughs> <laughs> so you're especially at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> Timmy Hortons. Um, uh, this idea, this is hard to, well, there's no fucking book that is going to sell this idea to you. Because if I if we write the book that we're, that is good for everybody, it's like, first chapter, pay attention to what made you what you are. <laughs> uh, chapter two. Do something different. Change the things that made you, <laughs> you what you, you don't want to be. <laughs> Chapter three, yeah. invite new people in that make you the, like this, and, and mostly like joking aside, if I, if I really do want somebody to be like, to change, 
it's going to take a long time. Yeah, I mean, but but you you can reduce that amount of time. Uh, I mean, sort of multiply the effect of the lever by inviting allies right to join oh, 100 like, at first i thought this was a joke i thought you can oh. modify if you buy my ebook now yeah. available <laughs> <laughs> well <clears throat> that, that there is that but <laughs> no it, but it's but it's not e and, it, and it's print and it's um 117 for international shipping because it's so fucking heavy because uh, 100 so yeah. this is if you and this is what me and aaron have had to discover over the years is like we eat differently like it, it, we <gasps> one we eat different meals. Like no, we, <laughs> we do, do you not eat have to at eat different times. Also, yes. Please don't. Oh my god. Sometimes we eat dinner together. That's so. I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> well, this this becomes a thing. Like, oh, but you know, I don't want to have to cook a different thing. Um, that's an excuse. That's an excuse. That's sure. a that's a behavior problem. Like, oh, you mean you don't want to prepare your own food? Therefore, and we've talked about this maybe on. A, uh, another level of if you are just eating free or what's available at your work or just what your wife packs you, you are not in control of your own life. You are letting other people dictate what you look like and what you feel like. And if that's okay with you because you're saving some money, then you deserve to look like what you look like. Like this happens on set all the time. Like when you go to the yeah. craft truck and you're like, oh, you're not going to eat the lunch? No, because I'm looking at the person who fucking made it and he doesn't give a shit about me and what my performance is or what I look like. <laughs> and, and moreover, I'm looking at you who eats this lunch every day. <laughs> and manages to gain eight pounds a month or whatever the thing is in the article. Yeah. Uh, this is something we discovered the hard way. Like Erin, when she first, you know, now she's become the nutrition person and I'm just the person who sits in the back and causes trouble but for the most part like when it started she would ask me hey what should i eat like and i was so fucking dumb at the time that i'm like oh it's high fat it's this and we're minimizing this and you shouldn't eat this um she doesn't do well on that shockingly after she started throwing up on runs because the fat content was too high and she can't handle it so she would just like on the side of the road and then get back to her run until finally she found out that man she processes carbohydrate like a fucking champ therefore she reduces fat and eats a bunch of carbohydrate. But that doesn't have anything to do with her blood type or the month she was born <laughs> or anything like that, right? It's like it, it's the Pisces diet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, it doesn't. And um, there are some, what, what you can identify though, and we, we've done oh, very well at this, is you, some people you, are sometimes like her or I, not I, like her. We shouldn't say this in public because mm -hmm. it's given away an awesome business idea. But if, <laughs> if they sold the shit out of that eat right for your blood type... Mm. So they could only really sell. Well, that's really one book, but it has kind of four different, is it oh, yeah. four different general blood types with some outliers. Yeah, right. Yeah. Generally, okay. So yeah, so like she's a negative Rh positive or whatever. So she's I don't know. So, so she wouldn't even she didn't even make the book. <laughs> or it's like oh, that's too weird. Um, but they got like four different major variations. I can't remember it mm. right, or maybe it's eight. But dude, I'm telling you. If we do the astrological diet, we got 12 different sub categories for whom we can write different I'm, dietary I'm, books. I'm thinking ahead. I'm, okay. I'm thinking um, Chinese horoscopes. Because if we're looking at superpowers, we want to be relevant when they take over the world. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So I think I'm... You're of the dog? <laughs> I, I think I'm a rat. Okay. Or, Everybody which is kind born of a, in 1982 is, is going to eat the fucking same. It's going to eat dog. Yeah. 
No, you eat you eat your fucking animal, yeah. the animal of your you know oh, astrological shit. sign. Lambert's gonna be pissed. Oh yeah, not for long though, because he won't you know. He doesn't have fat on him right now. Exactly. Right? Oh, I mean, okay. spit roast him, <laughs> and then I can finally turn his fur coat into a into a, a nice little sweater or a pair of gaiters. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> or some some slippers, <laughs> Lambert <some> slippers, <laughs> no. which would be you know just like the microfiber slippers in the McSweeney's optimization article where you could just wear those slippers around the house and automatic and dust, you know, while you were moving around the house. Just means you have to go into every room and sweep the floor with my land bare feet. I wonder how many people would be offended by that. I'm probably causing outrage from the people who protect animals, but Oh my goodness. Side note, I'm um, not going to fucking kill my dog and make slippers out of it. Although if he died of natural causes, I might think about it. You should start collecting hair now because he's a shedder. And you, <laughs> could, you could make a kick-ass sweater. That'd be, that'd, be, that'd be cool. At least a beanie. Especially, well. A Lambert beanie. A Lambert beanie that, that you would need to like somehow stitch those beautiful eyes into. He keeps hearing his name and he keeps looking over. He's <laughs> looking here like, are you guys going to kill me and make me a sweater? Well, he heard diet and he got pissed and oh. turned the other way. <laughs> because his definition, see, this goes back to the beginning where, you know, the definition of diet is different. He thinks diet and he's like, wait, three quarters of a cup of food one, once a day? Fuck. So, <laughs> I guess to... to so, so, so what, to, to circle back to the yeah. serious shit. So... What you responded to in terms of a higher fat type mm. of a diet and actually being able to convert that into energy and having that be you know good for you wasn't appropriate for her. But you, but when she asked, mm. you imposed your dietary knowledge and behavior on her, mm. or suggested it, and she you know in in good faith mm-hmm. started responding until she started puking, mm. and then you probably looked into that a little bit and made some changes. And this is goes back manipulate your response to. Mm-hmm. Food. It took five years for her to figure that out. Just so like we're so this wasn't like a oh snap. It took five years of constantly trying to figure out what the fuck was wrong. And in in the meantime, like she's adapting a little bit to the diet and figuring out foods within. Like okay, dairy makes her a little bit more nauseous and different than especially like coconut oil. She can't have. She's okay with olive oil. So different fats affect her differently. But so hang on, what yeah. you're saying? <laughs> I just want to nutshell it for yeah. folks to. So they uh, optimize their listening time. Mm. Um, you're suggesting that any conclusions drawn by the single article in the New York Times are not adequate um, sort of assurance mm. that you should change your behavior to, to uh, correspond with those conclusions. Correct. Like that it might take some time, that you might have to pay attention for a while. You might have to count for a while or notice food quality for a mm. while or maybe get some yeah. testing done. So eventually we ended up at a lab doing some metabolic testing. And sure enough, <laughs> we find out that her RER is actually the highest that they've seen in the lab. And my RER was the lowest that the, the respiratory exchange rate was the lowest they've ever seen. They couldn't understand how I was uh, and quite literally they, they they couldn't account for any carbohydrate being burnt because I was fasted. So it was a 100% on fat. And she was almost 90% on carbohydrate. Like, and there could have been some issue. Like maybe the, the test was a little bit skewed. Maybe, maybe the metrics are wrong. Like they are sometimes, but for the most part, it just confirmed what took us five years to figure out. Like, oh fuck, when we make dinner, she adds rice. I add fat. I, and I add some rice too. Like I'm not opposed to carbohydrate, but my daily total rarely exceeds 150 grams of, of carbohydrate. carbohydrate. Yeah. She rarely is under 350. 
wow. <laughs> I will not give her shit about eating donuts. Ever no, again. she can eat whatever the fuck she wants. <laughs> I, and likewise, when I go to eat like, you know, something fatty, she won't eat it because she yeah. knows better. Yeah. Um, Actually, you know, Selena and I have a very similar issue mm. um, with the sort of fat content of stuff. Like mm. whenever, if, if we do have some fatty meat, mm. she like leans it out with a knife with a knife mm-hmm. and i load that onto my plate <laughs> yeah. because and part of it is you know a little bit of a textural thing but 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 mostly it's just like yeah if i i, I don't respond well mm-hmm. to that and now we're starting to now i'm thinking oh man we've got an experiment of four here that we're just <laughs> discussing and i'm thinking the ladies don't do so good with fat well, and it, the dudes do better with fat it is and maybe so like, there's a reason for this and that would have to do with the amount of glycogen a female can store, which isn't as much as a male. So they are predisposed to needing to store more glycogen, i.e. having more carbohydrate throughout the system. It's also why they can't fast for as long without the same beneficial properties that a male can. So that um, that goes back to the apple? Mm. Uh, Eve fucked us all over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Nice. You caught it. Original. Original. <laughs> Because I was just going to say, is that evolved or created? <laughs> that <laughs> distinction. <laughs> but I, but I, but I had my own answer. It's like an apple. It's got to do with an apple. And every once in a while, well, I find this in 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 clients, well, of hers that I'll I'll help consult on when she's having issues <clears throat> with some sort of weight loss or whatever. We will flip flop the macronutrient content and just see what happens because right. we don't know. And instead of paying a hundred dollars to do a test, all you have to do is switch it, and you'll see a complete. After calories are accounted for, you will see a, a shift in weight loss. Which so how long would you have to make that intervention? Uh, maybe like a week. A w- and, and so you flip it for a week yeah. and you would... And, Most and, times, yeah, yeah. And if, and if they were paying attention... If they're doing <laughs> what we tell them, we'll, we'll see a difference. Otherwise, interesting. Uh, and that, that in itself, um, the fact that we kind of know what the fuck we're doing, <laughs> like as in... If you give, and I'm I'm rarely off when we do these predictives. Like uh, we talked about the transformation that we're doing. Um, I had some goals without knowing the guy about yeah. where I wanted to see at what time I wanted to see. And I had like a one-month goal and a two-month goal. I was on on the one-month goal. We ran into some issues. I was off on the two-month goal by six days. Okay. That's without, you know, and now I can dial it in. I, I can, you know, kind of control this stuff. Just because uh, there's some things that everybody, you know, not some specific rules that work for everybody, but some practices that work for everybody. Everybody accounts for calories, macronutrients, and we adjust their timing. And then there's really cool stuff that's beyond that. Don't get me wrong that those are the only things that are, those will control 99% of the things that you want to control when you're manipulating a diet. The Food quality thing, we actually don't even talk about until they start getting down. And then right. we start adding in like, hey, maybe you should start like throwing some vegetables in. Which, by the way, side note, we were eating some sushi last night. <clears throat> and we, uh, I have this thing where, uh, well, I'll explain it after. So I hear the waiter repeat the request. And he says, so no vegetables. And the guy comes up, he's like, absolutely no vegetables, just rice and meat. He's like, so you don't want anything green on the table? He's like, don't give me anything green. And I I joke because I laughed. I was like, man, I bet that guy's fucking healthy. So I peek around and see that he's generally 50 to 60 pounds overweight, which wasn't shocking. But I have this other thing where um, people usually emphasize the importance of vegetables too often. Um, But that being said, I've never met a person who I consider healthy who avoids them. 
there's this balance there where people that avoid them, you're a fucking idiot. People that think that they're the most important thing, you're You're also an idiot. idiot. (laughs) Yeah, you are the same idiot. Imagine that. Anyway, side note over. We can go back into it. Um, the some interesting points from from this little discussion. I mean, I would just <clears throat> I, let me just get, oh, cut sure. in here because there was something that you mentioned there because you were talking about. Oh yeah, I was I, I I was right on with my one month prediction. I was off my two month prediction by six days, and it just kind of took me back to the Justice League job. And I was mm. watching you um, getting Henry ready for. I think he had five days in a row of shirtless scenes. Two something weeks. Like two weeks shirtless. <laughs> Fuck. Um, and. And, and and marveling at the precision with which you brought him to that place and held him, regardless of the psychological cost on him. You know, it doesn't however he responded to it doesn't matter because uh, um, because you know I don't I, I, I don't care. I just like mm. the the actual the the technical expertise of managing his um, not only the diet that you know the way that you and Aaron did and making but but also manipulating the psychology in a certain way where um because I was you know in a very similar spot I mean Jason I don't know how many I think we had three or four different times during that shoot that he was shirtless which I would say is probably harder I mean I, more, I, uh, more I, complex I, I don't know I, well no I I I don't think it is because of, I'll just say our starting points were different. Yes. Well, yeah, the starting points are different, but also the behavior is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And for me, the cracking the code was okay. This the 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 behavior cracking the code and 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 the language was my thing because I didn't measure fuck all. Right. Yeah. Like, and I didn't pay attention in to that degree. And um, that 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 you were because I had sussed out. I think a more organic way that mm-hmm. not only. Um, the, the, the better matched his personality. Like if we had had to count, it would have been impossible because, mm. because you know, th- that's that's too restrictive in a way. But watching the way that that you did it, I was I was sh- again like shocked at the precision. Although we both I think reached um, our objectives and were mm. relatively satisfied with the outcome, it was in very it, it was in two fairly different ways. I, I mean, would say opposite. I, I mean, okay. after learning what. How you did it was, uh, but it just goes to show, like, I, I wasn't surprised that you could do that. You just noticed what needed to change and then manipulated a way to get that thing. And I think we did the same. Well, we had very little room for error. Yes. <laughs> um, Not and, only in terms of timing, but also the, yeah. the, the scrutiny of <laughs> and there, there tends was going to be extreme. I keep thinking it's going to be easier. Like, oh, this next one, we've done this before. So... Um, and this is unfair because the, the articles that get written about this are, you know, what did you, what changes did you do this time? And it's made to sound like, uh, 16 weeks of dieting is all that happened. Or 16 weeks of exercise was all that happened. Or 16 weeks of like bro science. Right. And and, like broing down together. (laughs) How I looked at it was, oh, this is like five years in the making to be able to show up and then just kickstart this thing into overdrive and and still be terrified that I wasn't going to make it, but understand doing the math. And, and, and when you say five years, that's like, that's five years mm-hmm. of experience training that particular yes, individual. Yeah, yeah 2011. 11, and yeah. then 2016. Yeah, 16. Yeah. Yep. So five years. Um, and then still having some hiccups because people change and adapt. He is now an older individual. 
things do not respond identically. And so we have to, and also people don't just want to do the same thing. They want to feel like this is a new experience. And, and that's, you know, I give credit to Aaron because there were days when I had her remove four grams of fat from the total of the day and she was able to do it. Like when we're t- <laughs> there, Jason drink four ounces less of Guinness. Right. Today. Yeah, yeah. Not going to happen. It's no. going to be in the bottom of the glass. And so I'm just like, that's a project. I gotta mm. fucking finish that shit. <laughs> and, and to, to Henry's um, discipline, he was able to do because he just, he knew that the food would be prepared. He could ask no questions. His input was like, I like this flavor. I don't like this flavor. And then Aaron would manipulate that. I think that the, the simple, the feedback that mm. um, allowed for both of them to achieve their, sort of respective objectives was that was there was this positive thing you could see like oh i'm i I am making progress towards this goal when i behave in in this way that i'm being conditioned to behave in or i'm eating in this particular way i'm making progress towards this thing and 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 that's when you keep doing it yeah i I think i stopped getting scared the day the shirt comes off Right, like, oh well, it's too late then. Well, no, no I mean, like, sc- like working or, up into it. So we still had a ways to go, but yeah. then naturally the shirt comes off because you can see your oh. abs, and you're like, okay. Oh, you mean when he voluntarily took his shirt yeah. off to in, train, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to, to sort of peer scrutiny as opposed to like for the camera? Right, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. and then you go, okay, and this is going to help because now he's constantly, even while he's moving, he has to be aware of like, okay, I need to, I need to tighten this up. I need to do that. This needs to be better. I would actually say the exact same thing because there would be, there was pretty much never a day in the gym when Jason did not have his shirt off. Oh. (laughs) And then we came back from a trip or there was a little bit of a break. I can't remember exactly what the circumstances were. And I, I think some of the Amazons, there was probably 15 Amazons trained in the gym at the same time. And he came in and the shirt stayed on. I was like, oh, oh, he's mine now. Because <laughs> he, has, he is, whether it's conscious or not, mm. he is concerned about his look. And to me, that's just like, that's an opening where I can stick the knife in. Right. Yeah, and, and, and carve off some fat is what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> can manipulate the situation to take full advantage, which is but but we all notice behavior, that. right? I right, mean, right, if right, well, right. if we're the noticing type, if we've been paying attention, right. and and we pay attention to and and we've been um, you know exercising the vanity muscle a little bit, it's mm. another big piece. I in yeah, no, we we usually don't take on jobs that are just and the movies kind of go beyond that. We, we we found that in training for these movie jobs that there is something there is a performance there. That, absolutely. Like there's absolutely something involved that is that goes beyond vanity. And well, even if it is vanity, we enforce a way I finally have figured out that goes be it, it, we include capability into that. And I think that's what yeah. kept us interested for so long. Um, that and I think like the the fact that you did an opposing technique to control diet and get to a very similar aspect. Like we reached similar places by two totally different types. Methodical, I would call it almost German esque clockwork stuff from a very free and loose and then but we're still understanding the same things i still see you look at okay he likes this and he does this therefore do this all i noticed was like okay he likes food that tastes good so as long as i can control the flavor he does not I give can, a shit exactly about anything what, else he'll yeah. eat when i tell him to eat and he'll eat as, as the much volume needs little. to be adequate to feel like he's right. actually eaten right because because right. that's the thing also yeah. right so uh, one of the things that we wanted to do was make this not painless 
or uh, sorry, make this painless. Yeah. <laughs> so for slip, is that a psychological? <laughs> yeah. we, a we wanted him to come out of it in, in question. Freudian type of thing. Yeah. I don't know. We're not getting into, uh, yeah, something sex with mom, but the- <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's that's a that's a um, dietary control right there. The Oedipus diet. No. <laughs> you just vomit every time you think about it. Um, the. The interesting point from that was that um, I, I think noticing the behavior and noticing how the behavior is changing and and then having to change my own behavior and Aaron's own behavior um, around him to, to, inf- to get this environment in which you can just manipulate somebody's behavior. Like the whole thing is just constantly questioning environments and practices and what works and what doesn't. And counting for us completely was the key to know that we were coming down that, right. we, that and, we were on a track and, and and that and that also you know helped you to sort of control your behavior mm. in a sense like okay I have these i have you know these these rungs on the ladder that mm. need to the, the and they are incrementally they are all this far apart so and, this is the other part of that um, why it was useful to have Aaron. And I, after I tell you this, you're probably going to be like, damn it, I wish I... <laughs> so Aaron would cook for him every morning. Okay. So she would show up in the morning and a very similar breakfast. Like he likes... Once he, she found out what he liked, it was just making that same thing. Right. Um, because that gave him. And what she would do is she is always... She's the good cop. She is bubbly. She is fun. She is... How was your day? She is... She's when he wakes up, but this is a like something that's enjoyable. Therefore, he can talk to her about how he feels. Oh, I'm tired. I'm sore. I'm this. I'm that. I'm on. And she'll pick up on. So she's just interviewing him without oh, yeah. him knowing he's being interviewed. So then I get a text message about, oh, it's like this. It's like that. He feels good. He feels sprightly. So when he comes in, I'm like, hey, today it's on, and I can gear the training because you've been right preloaded with information before i even see him yeah. so i tend we we were able to match up the training without you know some days we're off <laughs> so sure some days he felt good i got the message we would start going i'm like it's wow something day. happened in the car on yeah. the way here <laughs> it's not gonna we're yeah. not always on but for the most part we control the input and the output and i would say that um, I, I would say, God damn it, exactly as you predicted, but because <laughs> looking at sometimes the amount of time that I would take early on with seeing Jason, like he would come in and my job, you know, I'd make coffee and we'd sit down and we'd talk and then um, we'd start moving around a little bit. So I'd, I'd get the, I'd get what, you know, in the interview, I'd get his tone and I'd sense his energy a little bit and I'd get what he was saying, I'd put my own filter on it. We'd start moving around and then I would get from that what his body was showing me mm. despite and that could be in contradiction to what he was saying before it could be reinforcing but we would spend a lot of time i would probably say if he was in the gym for you know if if he was in the gym for three hours mm-hmm. and that's not a three-hour workout and this is not a prescription <laughs> this is not a movie training plan so fuck you don't send me an email um but if don't he was, send us an email we have to clarify oh yeah yeah because now it's fucking blanketly yeah sort of being sent to both of us but anyway um but the, the, but it, so if he was in the gym for three hours then there then for sure an hour of that mm. would be in assessment and discussion and warming up mm. and then we'd probably have like 90 minutes of actual work and then there's the 30 minutes of like drunk talk yeah yeah, yeah. due to endorphin production <laughs> afterwards but but it, but it's similar to so so you were 
getting a little bit you had you had intelligence sir you had you had human intelligence on the ground prior to you encountering the the individual (laughs) i had eyes and ears yeah um but that doesn't mean we didn't do the interview too because there there's oh yeah there's still you know i mean some days up to an hour if he's in the i mean even if he's in in the gym for two hours for sure 30 minutes just i'll make coffee shoot the shit because i want to know I don't. I, I, we don't so, want to make this such a in so and out process. What I've just realized right now mm-hmm. is we could maybe both become baristas because okay. we make because oh, yeah. my day would start. You know, I'd I'd get to the gym at you know six o'clock and Zach would roll in at six fifteen and coffee would be either ready or being made. And then Jason would come in and coffee would be either being ready or being made or whatever. I'm like all day. I'm just fucking making coffee and training people. The it gets worse <laughs> than that because the gym. So we were using for the first part of the uh, Justice League job. We were using a, a different gym. We were using one in. Um, uh, Battersea in London. Right. Uh, a friend of my gym, uh, he has, you know, espresso machine. And the joke there actually was nobody knew what the fuck I was doing there because we had our own room, whatever. But whenever people saw me, I was behind you the You were just making, making coffee. coffee. So I was the, and on top of that, <laughs> nobody knew how to fucking make coffee when I got there. So I ended up having to dial in their grinder. I ended up buying a tamp for their machine. I ended up doing all this stuff and then teaching Wait, excuse all Excuse me, where was this taking place? In London? I rest my case. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you don't a, need to say that no one knew how to make coffee right. when you arrived. <laughs> there, there's two good coffee shops in, in London that I know about. Um, one of them being Rafa. Yeah. That's in Soho. It was really good. But And didn't they just you know grab somebody from the Monmouth coffee shop? Yeah, and I was going to say the second one is Monmouth. <laughs> yeah, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> That's over. Pretty uh, sure the barista at the Rafa place used to work at the other place. But <laughs> So I, I ended, that, the big joke for a while was like, who's the new coffee guy? Like, so I'm he here, seems I'm, awfully big for a coffee guy. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the barista, and he doesn't have a mustache or suspenders. <laughs> so, so that was the joke to start. But, but, but now... All you're now, lacking is the suspenders. <laughs> now, now I'm just missing the suspenders, which makes me really rethink my facial hair growing. Now yeah, yeah, can... yeah. But you can roll your jeans up a little further, and I get you a pair of Doc Martens, dude. You're in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can always get a job as a barista, perhaps. I so I, I'd like to. Mm. I think we've lost the plot a little bit. It's possible. Should uh, we sum it up? I, I think we should sum it up, and then I'll and I want to and then I want to throw out the topic for the next podcast because it'd be super fucking cool. Because okay. it's tied to this one for sure. Okay, so I'll go. I'll but, I'll go first. Then yeah. you sum up yours. The behavior is the bottom line. If yeah. you can control behavior, you can control anything, and you can control it arbitrarily. You can control it with bad metrics. Um, you can control it with good metrics. But the idea is that you take into account the psychological profile of whoever is taking the changes on. Um, diet is ultimately very fucking complex. Like to know diet well could take you the better, the better portion of your life. That being said, just getting good practices could take you three to six months of just paying attention and you will have good practices that'll do enough for you that you don't fall into one of these uh, quote-unquote eating disorders. <laughs> either either the kind of eating disorder that makes you lose weight or the eating disorder that makes you gain weight. Gain weight, yeah. I mean, I, w- I would echo that and just say, look, it's, it's you know, if you um, change the environment, change the social cir- circles or the social mm-hmm. circumstances, and it will be fairly simple for you to change your dietary behavior but you just have to you'd have to recognize those things in the first place which requires one to you know to be uh, to pay attention to be observant and to and to do so for a fairly long time and whether that 
means that you're, you know, again, I circle back and I'll just say whatever means you choose to use in order to increase your uh, attentiveness or your sensitivity um, doesn't matter as long as that increase in sensitivity and, and, and um, becoming an observer actually happens. Um, I might add, don't eat foods with the letter R. So and, and, and I was, <laughs> you know, there was this old Dan John thing where you, where, you know, he told oh, me, yeah. Hey, it's super simple, man. No white at night. And I'm like, I guess you just can't even say that anymore. It's racist. Exactly. <laughs> Demonizing <laughs> certain food groups. Green so, is go. Yeah, so green yeah, is green, go. Is, green is go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so my, um, and red is dead. Is yeah. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something so. like that. So what I would like to discuss in the next podcast mm. is, um, <sighs> So what I've seen uh, in the past, you know, couple of decades, let's say, is an increase in general weight of the general population mm-hmm. and uh, in, an increase in the global temperature. So I'd like to discuss <laughs> the contribution that uh, general obesity has, um, is responsible for uh, in the context of climate change. <laughs> talking about like obese people and flatulence adding to the I, CO2. No, because I've met some skinny motherfuckers who can't stop farting. But okay. Is, I don't think it's a flatulence thing. I think it's I, I, my my point. Well, I mean, wasn't it's not that, even a point. I don't even have a fucking cattle, point. I just think. Wasn't like, that the cattle thing? Like they're. Oh, yeah. They're, okay, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. eating differently and they're. Uh, yeah, they're. they're the uh, off gassing. The off gassing, let's yeah. say, of. of um, a non-grass-fed diet <laughs> or well, whatever. No, but I was just thinking like, okay, so the, it's a general consumption thing. Oh, yeah. And and you could tie it to obesity. You could tie it to, you know, people who live too far from where they work or whatever, mm-hmm. but, it's just, but it's just general consumption. It'd be fun to put it on obesity, though. Like, the cause of obesity is not fossil fuel. The cause of obesity <laughs> is fucking overconsumption. Or the cause, excuse me, so, the cause of... <laughs> ouch. <laughs> I'm not going to back out of this one. The cause of climate change is not... Over reliance on fossil fuels necessarily, it's the uh, uh, it's it's the overconsumption issue. Be that you know just across the board, whether that's in ticket, you know. Um, but Mark, I just bought an electric car. Because so- that's because <laughs> that's because you want to park closer to the Walmart, right? Don't they have parking in the green zone where if you come up with an electric car, you can park right next to the fucking doors? <laughs> it's fucked in. I, I think that the. A, people want to treat this subject sensitive because so many people are obese or fat or whatever you want to call it. And this isn't... The sensitivity is that noticing that they are not in an... (laughs) I'm going to use it. Optimal human condition. Um, The sensitivity is noticing that and being honest about it. And it's not... I mean, I have fat friends. I don't judge... Like, I I don't think less of them because they're fat. Like, that... That isn't what we're getting at, I think, with this. So I think in that topic, I, it, consumption is a really interesting part of this whole thing. Um, and, and also, like, how we, how entitled we are to being full. Like, our consumption, as yeah. in food, not in just in byproduct, but how, how psychologically we are entitled to having a full belly. 
and and a full life or a full mm-hmm. house full of stuff mm-hmm. or a full garage. I got a three car garage. Obviously, I need three fucking cars, <laughs> you know. Or I, I, I mean, and, and and something that you just brought up there was the, like this discussion of like. I, I mean, I think all of this stuff. It should it the discussion is wide open. Mm-hmm. There should be no sort of like subjects that are taboo and it's like look we're talking about people who are overweight or people who are underweight or people who can perform and people who can't you're either strong or you're weak and all that stuff has positive or negative connotations and if we don't allow our dis- ourselves to discuss that globally mm. if these subjects oh you can't say that because you know these people feel bad and I'm like, well they fucking already feel bad because look <laughs> at them um so but but if you if you sort of forbid certain terminology or certain types of language or whatever and now i've got to just be like completely middle of the road inoffensive mm. certain subjects are you know off limits to discuss or or you can't discuss them in a particular way well then no change is going to happen mm. It's just like, no, don't offend that person. Don't offend that person. Oh, my God, look at you. You know, look at you. You're appropriating someone else's, you know, culture. And I was like, no, I don't, uh, you know, that's the culture of obesity. I'm not appropriating that. I'm, you know, I'd like to help solve that because, you know, global warming, you know, it's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also under the impression, like, I also don't care if we fix this problem. And that, that, like... If people, this is this sounds like a dickhead thing. Like I like the discussion behind it because I think it's really interesting. But for people to think that like we're on a mission to solve the obesity epidemic would be off by margins unparalleled to any other measurement or metric. I am with you one hundred percent. What I am interested less. in is helping, or or I don't necessarily even want to help to overwrite bad information for people who are interested in good information. Yeah. And, and that that's a, that that sells that on the surface that sounds like a selfless thing. It's not. I want cooler people who are more capable to be around me. And if that takes me taking time to give them some information to help them along the way, that provides somebody who is useful in the future. So this has nothing to do with you know what people might think like oh you're fat shaming you're this. No, it has to do with helping people who want to be more capable. I would go at it from. You know, I'm going to try and achieve the same objective, but differently um, in the sense of I, I would just like to put people who peddle false information for money out of fucking business by helping people think on their own. And on that bombshell, we are out.